Good morning, church. How's everybody doing this morning? Oh, man, you guys are awake. That's good. I am so excited um, to be here, first of all, but I'm even more excited for y'all. And the reason why I say I know this is a little bit different than our normal good morning, good morning that um, Mike brings, uh, but service today is going to be different for y'all. Right, we've been blessed with the opportunity to allow the um, generations department. Right, so from our early childhood to our kids, uh, they're going to do the service for you all today, and so you're in for a treat because you're going to get to experience what your children and kids get to see on a regular basis. Um, I think it's important that we have that opportunity for adults to say, you know what, hold on. We all serve God, right? And so to get to see it from the time that they're little all the way up, this is what's being poured in. And so they're going to get to do a little bit of a touch. And so this entire service today, from the sound team to the tech team, is all people that are volunteering within our children and um, early childhood and kids ministries to the youth ministry. Um, it's, It's our team today. All right? So we want to invite you in experience a little bit of a different service today, right? If you know the songs, sing along, but just press in and have a good time today and allow God to speak to you in a different manner than normal, all right? So our youth band's going to start off um, with worship, so I'm going to ask you all to stand up real quick. I'm going to pray us in, um, and then we'll go into just a a moment of worship, and then I'm going to let the kids do their thing, all right? Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you and I praise you for the opportunity to come before you today. Father God, I just thank you, Lord, that out of the mouths of babes today, that each and every person in here will be touched and ministered to as they see the generations worshiping and praising you, Father God. We give you all the glory, all the honor. We say this service is yours, Father God. I just pray blessings on each and every person here. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's worship. Here is where 
All right. If I can get my early childhood to come on up. Y'all, if you can do me a huge favor and give just a huge hand, um, I want to give just a special praise. So, for those of you who don't know, Miss Tammy runs our early childhood program, right? And she does the most incredible job with your kids. If you don't, first of all, if you don't see, all you got to do is walk around here and these kids come running up to her to give her a big hug every single Sunday, right? Like she just, like it pours out of her. Her passion for your kids um, is why she does this. And so it's so awesome to know that not just her, but all of our early childhood volunteers, man, what they're pouring into your, your children is straight love and God. That's what they get. And so the kids wanted to, to do something special for you. This is a song that they chose. So if you know it, I'm pretty sure if you grew up in church, you probably heard this song a few times, right? So join in with them. Y'all can be seated. They're going to do a little performance for you, right? So here we go. loves a cheerful giver. 2 Corinthians 9-7 Hey there, friend. Oh no, it's you again. How are you this Sunday? I don't know. Got any skills for me? I might. Really? Because if you do, I'm having a great day. Before I share those skills, I want to know something. Great. I knew there was a catch. Can you tell me what God shared with us? Are you kidding? Look around you. He shared flowers and trees and little birdies and rainbows and sunshine. He shared all kinds of cool things. Very good. He also shared rain and spiders and big brothers, which I didn't exactly want, but he didn't ask. What's the most important thing of all that God shared? The most important? Gosh, there are so many. I love my parents. I love my church. But if I had to pick one thing, I'd say it's Jesus. Very good. I got it right. Really? You sure did. 
God shared his only son with us so he could forgive our sins and give us a new life. Wow, I really hit the jackpot, huh? It's a good thing to remember when you don't feel like sharing, when you remember that God shared Jesus. You realize how important it is to share the little things in life. Like skills? Actually, I only have a few left. Hey, remember what God shared with you? When you put it that way, I guess I really better go get some more Skittles to share with you. Thanks, Maddie. See you next week. Hope I can find some more Skittles by then. Bye!
What? What are you saying? Don't talk with your mouth full. Yeah, it's really good to be back. Well, what do you want to do now that you're back? We could go to the arcade and play Forza Motorsport until our fingers bleed. I could show you one of my awesome new inventions at my laboratory. Or, or couldn't we just do something here? What do you think, Lily? <laughs> Lily, you need to lay off the junk food. Don't you know that stuff's really bad for you? I'll go to the bathroom it tastes so good. Just put it down. No! Put it down, Lily. No. All right. Just put it down. Okay, no. ladies, break it up. That is not very ladylike. Lily, you could stop eating junk food even if you tried. Want to bet? Yeah, I bet you couldn't go without eating junk food for one whole week. And if I you stop, then I'll dye my hair purple. But if you eat the tiniest bit of junk food, then you're gonna have purple hair. No more junk food, starting now. That's more like it. Then draw up the papers. Yeah, write up the contract after. I'll see you. I've got my eye on you, Lily. <laughs> Good morning. I'm Lauren, and I teach the memory verse lesson each week to the first through fifth graders. And through this lesson, we try to plant seeds in these kids' hearts so that they memorize scripture and they understand it in the context of the Bible and they grow in their knowledge and understanding of just how much God loves them. So when I was asked to choose my favorite verse from this last semester, I knew which one I was going to choose, and it's one many of you probably know. And in John 14, Jesus is telling his disciples, he's getting ready to go to the cross and be crucified, and he says, I have to go away, but I'm going to my father's house, and I'm going to prepare a place for you, and I'm going to come back and get you so you can live with me. You know the way I'm going. And Thomas says, but master, we don't even know where you're going. How will we know the way? And Jesus, I love that Thomas asked this question because his perfect response to all of us today is, you do know the way. I am the way and the truth and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. So Jesus is telling us he's, he's the way. He's the only way. There's no back doors. There's no side streets. He is the way. And he's not a truth. Jesus is telling us he's the truth. God's word is the truth. And he gives us the gift of everlasting life. So I want to challenge you. If you have kids that go Wednesday nights, they come home with a little piece of paper with the verse on it. Help them memorize that verse, memorize it with them, and read the scripture around it so they understand God's truth. And if you don't have kids, you're not off the hook. There on the bulletin each week is a verse, and you should be memorizing it too, and planting God's word in your heart. And read the Bible and the scripture around that verse so that you too understand God's word and just how much he loves you. So, back to the skit. Where is she? I don't know. 
she said she was going to meet us here first thing in the morning. Has she eaten any junk food? If she did, she's going to have purple hair. Oh. Ah! What? Ah! What's wrong with my face? I was so, I was so beautiful. Well, this is going to sound a little strange, but I think the recent change in Lily's diet caused this rash. So you're saying she got this rash from not eating junk food? Is that even possible? Yep. Now that you're not eating all that sugar, your body reacted with the hideous facial rash. Uh, no, no, no offense. So, what am I going to do? Well, in the light of your face, you need to eat some junk food. Perhaps a Twinkie. Yeah, bring in um, all the junk food, Lily. I won the bet. You're going to have purple hair. So, how do I fix this? Shaving cream. Are you serious? Why do you have shaving cream? You're not even old enough to shave. I stole from my dad for a science project. Anyway, I think it'll have a chemical reaction with your skin and make it all better. Okay, hey, let's try this. I'm going to try it. So let's try it. Okay, I'm just going to put some here. And over here. Okay, I think you're good. Well, I kind of feel I think it's working. I knew it would work. I don't believe any of this. Pretty face, don't you worry about things. You'll be back soon. And time's up. Let's get that stuff off before it does any damage. Well, did it work? Take a look for yourself. Oh man, she was gonna have purple hair. Oh, don't mind her. The important thing is that you're back to normal. Congrats. Well, thanks again. You know, I didn't know what was happening to me there for a minute. I felt scared and lonely. And there I was to save the day. You had nothing to worry about, Lily. With a little bit of faith, anything, you can do anything, even when it seems impossible. Besides, I'm a genius. Well, thanks again. Hey, what's that smell? You can smell again. That's alright, I can smell those cookies. You guys want some? Brace you there. Man, it's good to be back. Caitlin, there's another chip.
Y'all can be seated. Man, we have a good time in our departments. Um, and there's nothing more fun than getting to present the word of God in a way that people can understand it, right? Um, whether that means it's through some fun skits, whether it's um, a puppets in a baptismal, uh, right? We get to have a great time uh, with, your, with your kiddos. And so right now, I get the privilege and honor of introducing my wife to you, um, my favorite person on this earth, right? This is my wife, Megan. And she's the director over the kids department right now. Uh, and she has something that God just put on her heart that I'm going to let her share with y'all. All right? So I'm going to let her speak. Good morning. Wow, you guys are responsive. Awesome. <laughs> That's great. I have, you know, something, um, well, I'm actually, to introduce myself to something else, I'm what's known as a shiksa. Yeah. So, and let me explain that to you. I am a very Gentile woman who married a man that is of Jewish descent. Lance is actually, his dad is 97% Ashkenazi Jew. Um, and so growing up, I came from a family that I actually don't remember ever meeting a Jew in my life, to be really honest. Um, the part of Texas that I'm from, they just don't grow there. I don't know. But the thing is, is that when I married Lance, one of the first things that we did was we started having Passover. And it was really different to me because I was very accustomed to, you know, the American holidays, which American holidays are very elaborate. We have lots of food, you know, at Thanksgiving, you literally eat until you roll out the door. and The dinner rolls are huge. But I remember going to Passover the first time and looking at what was on the table and realizing that what was sitting out there really honestly um, didn't look that great. And if you've ever tried gvilte fish, I'm just going to tell you, not great. But the thing is, we did Passover every year. It took me a little while to really catch on to it because it was something that was so new to me. But this year, while we were doing Passover, just actually at the beginning of this month, um, something really caught my attention. Um, the way that Passover is done is the head of the household, which is Lance. Um, if his dad were here, actually, it would be his father that would be the one that would preside over it because he would be um, the patriarch of the family. But what they do, this right here, this is called a, um, called a Haggadah, okay? Um, and this is called a, a Haggadah. If you're a shiksa like me, you knock off all the, the it, it is just Haggadah. But the thing is, is that during Passover, we read through the Haggadah. The patriarch takes the Passover, um, the Haggadah here, and, and will begin reading through it. And what happens is that everyone else who's sitting at the table, they will follow along. They'll repeat. They'll speak in Hebrew. We repeat in Hebrew. And then we speak in the English terms on how great God is. But the thing about the Haggadah and, and is about Passover. Okay? It's about Passover. It's about Moses. The whole story is about Moses as a child and growing up. And, and he grows up and he lives for 40 years in the desert and then he's met by this burning bush, right? The Passover continues on. It continues about his response to the burning bush. It continues about the 10 plagues right up until the time when those waters split. Lance would read the Haggadah and the boys in our family, they would repeat what the story was. 
Just like when Lance's dad would read the Haggadah and he would repeat what the story was. Just like Lance's dad's father did the same thing, generations by generations by generations. But something that really caught my attention this year is that the term Haggadah means the telling. That's actually what this is. It's, it's called when I pick it up, when he picks it up and he begins to read it. He's reading the telling. And as I sat there listening to, to you know, our annual Passover Seder, something really occurred to me. The Jews are commanded in Exodus 12 before they even leave Egypt. They're commanded by God saying, you're going to, to celebrate this every year. You're going to eat the unleavened bread. You're going to remember. That was way before this was written. And as I begin to think about it, I begin to realize, you know, the telling was always there. But it wasn't in written form really until a few hundred years before Christ. See, because the telling was the generations. The telling was the grandfathers and the fathers who told their sons. And then they told their sons and they told their sons. And it was a generational outpouring of a telling of a story. And I think about Moses. You know, his mom was given such a short amount of time with him that he was given back to her. And she knew that what she said mattered to him. And during that time, I truly believe that she talked to him about Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. She talked to him about the God of the Jews and talked to him from Adam all the way to Joseph. And she told him those stories. She didn't have long. But Moses went back to the Egyptian palace and he grew up in a, in a very secular society. He ended up leaving it and he went out into the wilderness for 40 years. But you know what? Those seeds that his mom had planted, those seeds that his father had planted in his heart, when that bush ignited, he knew who it was. When God introduced himself, he introduced himself through the generations. He said, I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And he said, I am. And it occurred to me while I'm sitting there listening to Lance read through the Haggadah, that the living version of the telling still exists today. That's all of us. That is the church as a body, as a whole. It's not just parents, but it's everybody who's sitting in here. We're the telling. In the Haggadah, it tells of a story of how God sent a rescuer to the Jewish people when they were enslavement. But the Bible tells of a rescuer that came he didn't just save the Jews. He saved everybody. And we're the telling of that to the next generation so that the next generation will tell the next generation. It's about the stones in the Jordan, about the remembering when God says, never forget. Right? I'm a super blessed man. <laughs> right? That's worth the clap. She's my favorite teacher. <laughs> so I was like, where were you when I was in school? <laughs> All right? I probably would have learned something. Um, but on a serious side, the telling is what this is about. All right? This, this is about generations. This is about the future church. 
So when we say church, we're not just speaking to you adults. When we say church, we're speaking to the kids, we're speaking to the youth, we're speaking to y'all. Because that younger age that's sitting over here that was up here, that's you in 20 years, right? This is the future church. What we're pouring into these kids, what we're pouring into them is the future of what the church looks like. And I'm here to tell you today, I'm here to ask you today, this is an ask. Church, we need more men and women to rise up, right? We need people who are willing to say, I understand my heritage. I understand that legacy that has been spoken into me that I need to pass forward to those generations on down. I don't want it to just die with my generation. I want it to continue on. And I understand that I have a voice. I understand that maybe what I need to do is to just be an example by the way I live, by the way I act, to to represent what an adult is that loves Jesus. And so I'm here asking, saying, look, we're going to start doing children's ministry in both services. It's going to be first and second service. We don't have the help that we need. I'm here asking you today to consider helping us. Consider pouring into the legacy that's coming up behind you. And some of you are like, you know what? I'm not called to puppets. I sure am not called to jump and dance and do moves like that. I might break something. Um, That's not all the forms of ministry. We're all part of a body. Right? We all have fingers and toes that need to do something. We all play a role. As simple as maybe being the person who takes a tag when a parent comes to make sure that the kids are being checked out properly. Putting a snack together. Being an adult in the room. See, when you don't have the proper amount of people, that means somebody's doing something over here when they need to be over here. So I'm here to put forth a challenge to you. I'm not asking you to sign your life away. I'm not asking you to commit to every single week. Some of you might go, look, I can help once a quarter. I can help once a month. I'll take whatever you're willing to give, right? I'm just asking you to consider helping. I'm asking you to come out. When the service is over, there's gonna be some people, you probably saw them when you're walking in a little table and they had iPads and their phones. Um, It's just a form to say, hey, I want to see about volunteering. Somebody will contact you. And I'm asking you, I'm inviting you to come check it out. I'm asking you to come one time. Come one time. That's what I'm asking. Come one time and go, where can I fit? I'm not asking you to come up and go on set. You might want to be somebody who goes, you know what? I feel like I have the story. I want to present. I have a memory verse that I can present. If you weren't touched by what... Lauren said to you. That was real. That was personal. It's not just about getting up each week and saying a cute memory verse to the kids. It's impacting her own life. It's impacting her family. Because if you don't think that her children don't see mom then speaking into those other kids, you're fooled. The fathers and mothers have been missing from the generations. We all talk about it on a regular basis, about how the generation is unruly and they're this and these. What are you doing to make a difference? Here's your opportunity to make that difference is to sit there and go, I don't know how, but I'm willing to see. I'm willing to just check it out. 
We have the production, the sound. There's so many areas to volunteer. And I do want to say this also. While I'm asking you to come check out the youth department, and I'm so grateful, guys, I'm so grateful to be in a church where our pastoral team, our leadership believes so strongly in the generations that they said, have a service, right? That really is worth clapping for. They understand the future of the church to the point that they're willing to say, yes, please get up there and and, and do it. Say it, ask for it. But I'm going to tell you also, I get that not everybody is called into the ministry. My mom, when she started in, in children's ministry, I grew up, I'm a pastor's kid. Those of you that heard my testimony, right? My mom started off in children's ministry. We were on a trip in Germany. Right? And my dad was a children's pastor at that time. And so he was helping doing the children's ministry. And I remember there was a, uh, uh, just a moment in there where somebody got sick and they asked my mom to come do a puppet. And my mom was like, I don't do any of that. And they were like, we really need you. And now my mom was like, you know what? I will help out this one time. And she got that puppet on her arm. And it was like a whole new life took place while she had that puppet on. And she realized, I have a gift. And it formed something inside of her that she never knew existed. All because she was willing to just say, I'll give it a try. My mom was then sought out. People would come from all over the world to be taught by my mom how to do children's ministry. It birthed something inside of her that she would have started off with a no. My wife, when I met her, would not hold a child. Would not hold a child. I remember my nephew was one. And my sister went to hand her, hand him to her. And this is how she held him. But she stood there, literally like that, and said, what am I supposed to do with him? <laughs> like, right? My, my wife oozes children's ministry. Her passion, her emotions, her life support is helping kids specifically understand that there's a God, a Jesus, who lives inside of them and loves them. When that comes to life, it births inside. You want to start talking about understanding an identity in Christ? Start speaking life into a child. Let them understand who Jesus is and watch their future explode. We start seeing lifeless people when they don't know who they are in Christ. When Christ gets a hold of you, man, it's hard not to explode because he comes out of us and starts to speak things inside of us. And then we move forward all because somebody was willing to say, hey, give it a shot. So this is my ask. We're about to do one more song. I'm not going to get up here after this song and try and convince you. And that was my sales pitch right there. Okay. That, that was my pitch. But now is my ask of this. During this song, I want you to just let the song minister to you and say, God, where do I fit? Do I need to give it a shot? Do I need to give it a try? Can I give it one, one time? And if something comes from that, great. And if it's not in there, where can I? How can I serve the body of believers? Right? How do I start operating and functioning? in the body the way that God's called me to. Whether it's in children's ministry, whether it's coming up to Brandon and asking Brandon how you can help in the production crew, on worship, maybe God's given you a voice. Whether it's the prayer team, there's a spot for you. Whether it's greeting, we have so many areas 
that make a difference to the body. But ask God, is this where I need to start? So we're going to worship God. I'm going to invite you to stand up again. When the song's over, church is over. Make your way on out those doors. Come see us at our table. But let's praise God one more time. Thank you. 
fostering this, this culture of encouragement to raise up the next generation, Lord. Amen. Y'all are dismissed.